Chapter Twenty Seven of The Way of the Wind by Zoe Anderson Norris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Chapter Twenty Seven. The magic city, stretching itself far and near, had not failed to include the little station. Common walls of plank no longer enshrined the person of the postmistress. She no longer looked out from the limited space of a narrow window onto ragged flower beds in whose soft, loose earth floundered wind-blown chickens. She dwelt in the wide, white marble halls of a lofty new post office. Bellboys, porters, and stenographers surrounded her. It was five o'clock. The professor stood near while she sorted out some letters and placed them in pigeonholes. He was clad in the latest fashion as laid down by the London tailors who, at the first sound of the boom, had hastened on the wings of the wind to the magic city. His frock coat radiated newness, his patent leathers shone, and a portion of the brim of a tall silk hat rested daintily between thumb and fingers of a well-gloved hand. As a matter of fact, since he had proved himself her friend through thick and thin, through storms and adversity, through high winds and blizzards, the postmistress had at last, after much persuasion, awarded him the privilege of standing by her throughout the rest of her natural existence. A dapper youth in livery approached the window, asked for letters, and withdrew. There was about him a certain air of elegance which yet had somehow the subtle effect of having been reflected. "'Will Lowe's valet,' explained the postmistress. "'Sometimes it seems to be a dream, all this. These men who sat around my big blazing stove, spinning cyclone yarns, while they waited for the brakeman to fling in the mailbag, sending their valets for their mail. It seems like magic, doesn't it?' "'It does,' assented the professor. "'There's Zed Jones,' continued the postmistress, "'with his new drag, his Queen Anne cottage built of gray stone, "'his Irish setters, "'and Mrs. Zed sending to Paris for all her clothes, "'and the little Zeds fine as fiddles "'with their ponies and their pony carts.' "'And Hezekiah Smith,' reminded the professor." who used to sleep on a pile of newspapers in his old newsstand on the corner, driving his tandem now. And Howard Evans and Roger Cranes and a dozen others. All poor as church mice then, and rich as cream now. It is like fairyland. You too, with an admiring glance at the frock coat, worth fifty thousand, and my bit of land bringing me a small fortune. I think after, with another smile in his direction, we'll let some other lone single woman have this job who needs the money. We won't keep the post office any longer. The professor smiled a silent assent. But the most wonderful thing of all, went on the postmistress, is that girl Cyclona. All of twenty-seven or eight, but she looks like a girl. It was pretty cute of her, wasn't it, to jump Seth's claim. 
"'She didn't exactly jump it,' said the professor. "'She was taking care of it after Seth went away, when her own topsy-turvy house blew off somewhere. She had no other home. I wouldn't exactly call it jumping Seth's claim.' "'Call it what you please,' said the postmistress. "'But it amounts to the same thing. She got all the money the wise men paid for the claim, and it went into the millions.' Why, Seth's claim takes up the very heart of the city. That girl's worth her weight in gold, that Cyclona, and she deserves it, taking care of the baby first, then watching after Seth. I believe she's in love with Seth. I believe she lives in hopes that he'll come back again. I know. She is seen everywhere with Hugh Walsingham, driving with him in her stylish little trap, a good driver she is, too, after riding fiery broncos, herdin' Seth's cattle, and livin' wild-like on the prairies. She's a splendid whip, afraid of nothin'. But you can see in her big, stretchy, faraway eyes that she ain't thinkin' about Hugh Walsingham, that she's always thinkin' about Seth, and wishin' it was him a-drivin' with her in that stylish little trap of hers. She stopped to read a postal card. "'Cyclona's a fine young woman,' she resumed, "'and a beautiful young woman, if she is brown as a gypsy, "'but the wind has left a wheel in her head. "'She has never been right since that storm "'that blew away the topsy-turvy house. "'Another shock and her mind will go entirely. "'I've heard a doctor say so, a man who knows.' She deserves all she's got and a happy life with that handsome Englishman. But here she is with some fool idea that the money, all these riches she's fallen heiress to, that make her the belle of the magic city, ain't hers. That they are held in trust for Seth and Celia, that heartless Celia, who deserted her husband and baby to go back to her home in the South. What right has that Celia got to any money that comes out of the West she hated so, out of this wind-blown place she wouldn't live in? None at all. No more right than I have. Leaving Seth out here on the plains all by himself, grieving for her, breaking his heart for her, nearly losing his mind with grief about her. The money's Cyclona's. She worked for it, never thinking of the reward. She took care of the child and looked after Seth. She deserves all the good that can come to her, that girl does. She does, assented the professor. Hugh Walsingham's in a good fix, too, continued the postmistress. Sold his claim for a whole lot of money. Able now, he is, to help his poor relations back there in England, who sent him to the plains to get rid of him funny how things turn out sometimes. Cyclona coming out of nowhere, and he packed off out of England, both outcasts, both rich now and ready to live happily ever after, if Cyclona would only get rid of this fool notion of hers that she's only holding the riches in trust for Celia and Seth. Have you heard the news? It's this. You know Nancy Lewis? the dishwasher in the restaurant before the boom, the girl who happened to save her earnings and buy a bit of land that turned into a gold nugget? 
Well, a millionaire who made his money here fell in love with her. She accepted him, but he made a slight mistake. He failed to keep an engagement with her one night and sent a waiter with a note. She got huffy and went off and married the waiter. We can't rise all at once from our station in life, can we? Like as not, when we get into our new house and put on style ourselves with our drags and our dogs, I'll be sorting out letters in my dreams and handing them through a dream window to the people. This girl is a born dishwasher. She clung to her station. Her children may rise from the position of dishwashers, if they have enough money and education, but not she. Wait a minute. Here's a postcard I haven't read yet. It looks like it's been through a cyclone. Land sakes alive! Guess who it's from? Can't, said the professor, beginning to be hungry. The postmistress turned the card over and over. It's from Jonathan, Cyclona's father, she chuckled. Of all the people in the world. It is postmarked Texas. So that's where they blew to. It's to Cyclona, but everybody will be dying to know what it says. Listen. Dear Cyclona, I think you will be glad to hear that this cyclone was good to us, blowing us way down here in Texas, where the weather is so fine. It saved me the trouble, too, of bothering with the roof. It blew it right side up, and the clothes are all down in the room now. Your affectionate father, Jonathan. P.S. I like this part of the country better than I did Kansas. I think we will stay here, Cyclona. Until another cyclone comes along, the professor commented, and blows him into the gulf. I wonder, mused the postmistress, if the cyclone put the clothes away in the presses when it took them down from the walls. End of chapter 27 Recording by Roger Moline